Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Thank you guys for joining us. I, I really do appreciate it. You know, the intro says the, you know, for the laughter and the tears. And over the past 15 years that I've been director, there's certainly been a lot of tears that have been shed for the men and a lot of times like that. But there has been a lot of laughter. And, and it's good to see uh, guys that come off the street that have maybe led, led lives where they've been in prison, where they've been out on the street, where they've been addicted to drugs, alcohol, violence, all kinds of things who come on the program and find restoration and transformation and are able to laugh. And not the laughter of, of taking advantage of someone or making fun of someone, but good, clean laughter, being with each other, fellowshipping. Uh, that's why we do other things besides you know, our program, and, and some people might question why we do this, but uh, we will, in the summertime, we will send some of them with one of our pastors to a ball game at the River Cats, and we take them out there, and it may be the first time they've ever been to a ball game. It may be the first time they've ever been to a ball game sober, and uh, so we take them to the state fair, those that can go, and Sometimes, again, same thing. They didn't go to look at the women. They didn't go to drink the beer. They didn't go to do those things. They went for the first time clean and sober many times as men of God to walk into the crowds and to enjoy life and to laugh and to have fellowship with each other. We have uh, two chaplains at the mission, Pastor Mooney and Pastor King, who love these men, who pray with them, who counsel with them, and then we have a staff who equally loves and cares for these men and is willing to help from our finance department down to the guy that cleans the floors we, we, or the cook. We want to see the transformation in these men's lives. We have uh, a young man that I hired named Eric Rios, and he does several things. He is the trans—he, uh, the last three months of their program— and three months after, when we're trying to help them find jobs, get paperwork settled, you know, legal matters taken care of, Eric is there to help them with that. And you guys have heard me say it before. He's also a trained physic, uh, physical, ther not physical therapist, but he is one of these, these physical trainers. And so we've incorporated both those things into his walk with us uh, and uh, first and foremost, he helps with the guys. He sits them, he counsels them on what they need to do, helps them with resumes. But then he managed to get a grant from Kaiser, which we're very grateful for, for $15,000 for equipment to set up um, a physical therapy, or not physical therapy, but an exercise room. And it's outside, but it's under a, a big metal uh, canopy. And we have all the weight equipment and all the exercise equipment to get these hearts and minds and bodies back going. And as I've told you guys before, Paul said that exercise benefits you a little bit. But when you're coming off drugs, alcohol, out of prison, out of shape, uh, bad lifestyles, exercise does several things, one of which is 
the men get to work out together, and it's it gives them a sense of camaraderie and connectedness with us. And they also see that we care about them physically and spiritually. We want them to be okay. Well, having said that, I know that also out there every day there are hurting individuals, and I want you to know that every day we pray for the hurting and for the lost. And many times we get prayer requests from you guys, and I want you to know they go up on a whiteboard for us to pray about. So it's not just the men on the program. All of us, whether you're middle class, whether you're higher class, whether you've been out on the street or never even missed a meal, there's an emptiness that lurks within us, and it's placed there because we have a God-sized hole in our hearts. Man was not created to live for himself. Man was created to live for God. And when we start to see that, he transforms us. We, we come the same way. We are called by God's grace. And when in repentance we fall to our knees and we come in faith, we are saved by God's grace through faith and what? That's not of ourselves. Wherever you are, whoever you are, there's a God out there, the God, the only true God, and that's, that's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God. And Jesus is the gateway to all those transforming powers. So I have a friend of mine back on the show. He's, he's a friend. He's a colleague. He, he preaches at the mission. He's volunteered for years down there. He sits on the board of directors. And uh, he was on the show last week. So if you, if you enjoyed listening to him this week, here it comes again. <laughs> Ed, say hello to the folks, will you? Thanks, Tim. It's an honor for me to be able to be here today. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, so, so tell me, over the course of the years, you've seen a lot of, uh, you've counseled with a lot of guys, or at least you've preached to the, the men down there, and you've taken the time also to come, and not just come in and then go, but you've gotten uh, opportunity to know some of the men, have you not? Yeah, it's a, especially the, the, the guys that are in the, in the program. And, uh, and it's, again, how, how God has has a plan for our lives, a perfect plan for our lives. And probably uh, 30 years ago or 40 years ago, I wouldn't have never believed that uh, I'd be involved in the mission. And actually, if I would have told my friends that back in those days, <laughs> they, 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 they would have died laughing. But uh, one of the things that I have been able to see is that the, the miracles of Christ day in and day out down there. And, uh, and you, you, you see a guy that perhaps just got out of prison, um, alcohol, drugs, whatever, addiction, and you look in their eyes and, and, and they're, they're lost souls. And, uh, and then over a period of time, um, you know, particularly with the, with the chaplains down there, the pastors at the, at the mission, being able to counsel them and the classes that they take and, uh, and the structure that they get in their lives. All the program guys, they, they have a job down there. It might be washing dishes, it might be uh, mopping floors, but they all have a for real job. And, um, and they're appreciated for what they do down there. And so we're able, to, we're able to see that transformation over a period of time. Yeah, and you know, sometimes that, that love, that care, that consideration, that transformation hits little roadblocks, little glitches that come along. 
And that's something that you and I need to realize, you being the folks listening to the program, myself, Ed, everyone needs to understand that that a glitch in your program or a glitch, a glitch in your walk with Christ doesn't have to be the end of all things. And so we encourage the men that, you know what, if you have a problem, come and let's talk about these things. When you when you first believed, when God transformed your personal life uh, and called you by his grace, so immediately you never did anything wrong again, right? <laughs> no, that's, it's, it's again, it's, it's his timing and his plan. And, uh, but we also know that because human beings are, are what they are, uh, we all have glitches. And, uh, and uh, the important thing is, is that uh, once you're following Christ, you know that, uh, that he's yeah. with you there all the time. And, and when you do have that glitch, uh, when you do have a little issue, uh, he's always there with you and, uh, and can, can see you through all of that. And that's, that's so important to be able to, yeah. to, to understand and, and, uh, and, and really understand that no matter what happens, he's with you. Oh, yeah. When I, was, when I was a young man, I did all the things, the stupid things that young men do, not living for Christ, but living for self, living for pleasure and all those things. Just being, as my friend Ed likes to say, I was just being a real knucklehead. Uh, <laughs> and I was. Uh, sometimes the guys will ask, well, pastor, were you ever addicted to anything? And I said, oh, yeah. Absolutely, I was addicted to stupid, and I did it really well. And uh, I, I've never been able to, thankfully, figure out why God would save me in his grace because, you know, I didn't do anything. But so many of these the times, these guys carry guilt with them. And when you get an opportunity to talk to some of these men, and I know you do on a regular basis, uh, can, you, can you hear and see and have they confided into you some of the guilt that they have and the feelings that they have, have you run into any of the guys that struggle like that? For sure. And and some of them, especially guys that they, maybe they were just, just got out of prison or they were involved in gangs and all the rest of those sort of things. And, uh, and again, as we're talking, we say, you know what, that's the past. It's dead and gone. And, and now we're going forward from today. We can't, you can't dwell on the past. It's interesting the way that God made our bodies. Uh, our eyes look forward. Our ears are cupped to look forward. Um, we walk naturally in a forward fashion. Uh, he's only made it convenient that we can turn our neck a little bit to be able to see <laughs> see behind us. He doesn't want he doesn't want you looking behind. That's right. And uh, and and that's part of what I share with guys. And I say, you know what? Uh, I was in the sheriff's department for 35 years, and so I've seen an awful lot of stuff. But you know what? Every day is a new day, and uh, and when you're with Christ, He's there every morning when you wake up. Yeah, I've got to change the way I talk about you. I, I usually just tell people you spent uh, 35 years in jail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, what you're saying is absolutely true. I have I have even done sermons on the fact that it, you know you take Lot's wife, for instance. They left Sodom and Gomorrah, and and as you know, they were told not to look back. And she looked back and was turned into a pillar of salt. And we think about those things, and we move on. But 
I don't believe for a minute she was looking back just because she was curious to see what the destruction was going to be. I think she looked back because she was looking back not just with her eyes but with her heart longing for the life that she had back there, the old way. They were affluent. She had a nice house. She had all those friends. She had all those things. And now God is asking her to move out of Sodom and Gomorrah or Sodom before it's destroyed. And I think her heart was longing for those days when she had the nice house and she had the servants. And we do that too. Uh, We tend to look back at what we've lost and we can either look back and we are riddled with guilt or we look back in some nostalgic fashion to things that we did that we probably shouldn't have been doing to begin with, right? Well, and again, (laughs) with with our program guys, once they get on the program, uh, for a while when they're there, one of the things that we say is you got to stay away from old places and old friends. And old habits. And old habits. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one of the ways that, uh, that helps with that is, is to have some structure. And that's what the mission provides these guys with structure. And so some people say that, uh, that it's too hard and it's too rough on them. But mm-hmm. uh, you know what? They don't use cell phones there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they they don't smoke cigarettes and and all the rest of the things that that they were used to in the past and we say hey you know what that's that's past we're not going to look back we're just going to keep going forward keep going forward that's right and uh, and again it's just uh, uh, it's amazing when I talk to people now I'll say you know what come down to the mission let me show you around. And, uh, and and if you meet a guy on the program, whether he's washing dishes or he's mopping the floor, uh, he just has a spring to his step. And, uh, and and if we had a video of him when he first got in the program, Dang. he's kind of <laughs> just shuffling yeah. along, yeah. Uh, head looking down. And then now all of a sudden he's been on the program for a few months and, uh, and everything is, everything is good, you know, and, uh. So anyway, it's just a, it's a blessing, certainly a blessing for them, but it's, uh, I feel that I am really blessed to be able to be part of the overall program at the mission. Well, you can, uh, if you're ever down at the mission, you can ask the staff because I've always felt this way. I've always told them if, if tomorrow I inherited, I don't gamble, so if I inherited $50 million, there's two things that would happen. One, I would still want to be the director there because what I do isn't a job. Yes, they pay me for it, but it is where I feel called to be, and it's a ministry, and I love to be there. And uh, the other thing is, I wouldn't put one dime in there to hire people to do the jobs of these men because this is part of their recovery too. And so when people ask me, well, you know, but you make them work. Yes, because it's part of the recovery. It's part of what you just said to get a little self-esteem, a little sense of doing something, forgetting something, and... and uh, so work, work in and of itself never destroyed anybody, uh, you know, unless it's some horrible, terrible, killing job. But what I mean is when we work for the things we get, 
there's a sense of accomplishment that maybe they never had. Some of the men never had any kind of a job. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. No, it's just uh, like we talked before about guy graduating from the program and first time he ever had driver's license, first <laughs> yeah. time he drove a car that wasn't stolen. It wasn't stolen. Um, but aside from even the, the program people and the staff, uh, the mission is blessed that we've got uh, we've got over sixty churches that that people from those churches come down and help serve the meals, provide chapel service. Uh, mm. I'm blessed uh, with our missional community from Bridgeway to a person in our group. They all they all say how blessed they are and uh, mm. how, how much forward they look to when the next month we're going to come down there and and uh, and it's sometimes I'll hear them say that they think that they got more out of the time that. there than the the 120 people that were serving and uh and so again it's uh in some ways it's kind of selfish because <laughs> we're we're getting so blessed serving somebody else I can tell you that over the past 25 years coming down with the church, I've heard that from our own people many times, that they feel blessed to be there, that it, what a blessing it was to come. Uh, is it hard duty? Sometimes it is. You know, I, I mean, things don't always go perfectly. But that sense of putting your life in somebody else's life, and and it's just an amazing thing. There's There's... You know, I I just had a woman who lives out on the street. She's an older woman, and and she came, and she was complaining about something, and and she'd been trying to get a hold of me, and I saw her out there, so I walked out, and I started talking to her for a few minutes, and so she said, okay, well, and I said, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. I said, "Uh, you've just expressed to me several things that are going on in your life. I said, so before you go, how about if I pray with you? And I took her hand, and she was amazed. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's funny how those things work. You know, um, a lot of times uh, people don't want to get too close to the homeless, you know, because sometimes sanitary issues and stuff and fear. But sometimes when you go out on a limb and you you pray with someone and you're talking to them, you realize that these are still people that God sent his son to die for. Someone created in God's own image. And we may not be all children of God because unless you are a follower of Christ, you are his creation, but not necessarily his child. A child happens when you become born again into his, his kingdom and into his family. But every single person, no matter who they are, is made in the image of God, and they carry with them the vestige of, of that creator's uh, image. And so we need to love and care and preach and teach and pray for and not make distinctions in our own minds who's worthy to be saved and who isn't. That's a big mistake some churches make, huh? Sure, and, and, and again, uh, some people... They'd be standoffish or afraid of of a homeless person, but mm-hmm. we all tend to be afraid of the unknown. Mm-hmm. That's part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. But uh, but in the Bible it says, "Fear not," three hundred sixty-five times. Mm-hmm. That's once a day. 
And so, uh, so we do need to, we need to be able to remember that, 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 uh, God says to fear not. And, uh, and, and sometimes it means stepping out of our comfort zone. Most of the and, time. And, uh, and so again, uh, we're so blessed to be able to, to serve at the, at the mission and, uh, we'd like to be able to have more people come down or if nothing else come down, just, just to see what, yeah, get a tour. We'll just get a tour. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then as, uh, Pastor Tim mentioned, I think in the last, uh, session that we uh, had was that, uh, we're planning on, uh, expanding the mission to have transitional housing for guys. And, uh, I'm really excited about this. Uh, 10 years ago when the recession was, uh, on, there was a lot of people that were homeless and they couldn't find jobs. And especially some of the program guys with their history of alcohol or drugs or whatever it was, it's difficult to get employment, but now there's employment's available. And so, uh, uh, I think this transitional housing that we're going to be able to do and obtaining uh, employment for them will make them productive, more productive members of society. Yeah, we have a house that is for transitional living right now and that we have a few men in right now, but they, we really have to expand it. And it's a very old house, and so it also needs some upgrades and things. And so myself and the board and some of the people at the mission are looking into what exactly it's going to take to to retrofit this building, to bring it up to date and to code and all those kind of things. And we're excited about the prospect of it because we've never been in the business to collect uh, donations just so we can sit on top of them. Uh, what we have, we try to be prudent with what we have, but uh, certainly retrofitting this house is going to be something that's good for the men and uh, good for the mission. And we don't have any reason to do it. It's not, we're not trying to get a better image. We're trying to help more people and help them transform so that they never have to be back on the street again. Right. Well, ultimately it's going to be good for the community because yeah, uh, of when they transfer, when they finish the finish the program and they go through the transitional housing and they get a job, uh, they're now back out in the community. They're being productive, and uh, and the other thing that they can be is ambassadors to help reach other folks that were in the position that they were in before. Oh yeah, um, you know what? Oftentimes, that message is given at street level. <clears throat> you know, we think of in our churches oftentimes, that's the pastor's job, that's the deacon's job, that's the elder's job. No, that <laughs> if you are in Christ Jesus, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are his representatives. We are those people. We're down to one minute. Is there anything you'd like to say to the folks? No, I'm just, just honored to be here and uh, and encourage people to, to contact us at the mission yeah. and uh, yeah. and come down and visit and just uh, just chat. And remember, as always, if you can't donate money, you can't donate clothing, you can't donate um, uh, food, and you're a believer, this is what I guarantee you you can do. And the most important of all those, you can pray for us. And we covet those prayers. Prayers are, prayers are the most valuable thing we can get. 
The Bible says the prayers of a righteous man, and what that really means is of a righteous person, those men and women who are on their knees. So, as always, my dear friends out there, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.